Well, tonight we're talking about political correctness and the myth that you should never talk about religion and politics. You might have heard it framed that way, but effectively this is a lie or a myth that causes you as a believer not to speak what's true and to really just shut up and listen, right? The lie goes something like this. Don't say anything that might offend somebody, which... <laughs> Isn't that statement kind of, remember like we talked about last week, an autophagic statement? It is a statement that offends me and probably a lot of you in here, right? Especially when people are telling you not to talk because you might offend somebody. Well, I just got offended by you telling me not to talk, right? And so the statement itself defies itself. It's not, it's not a good statement to make. And it's wrong for people to put that kind of, of pressure on you, right? And to manipulate you and control you. We're going to get into some of the scripture about that in a minute. A bunch of you guys will. But I wanted to talk about it as one of the myths that come up in the social sphere. The first four weeks we've done have been about social myths. Because this is one that affects your witness for Christ in a hostile environment, specifically on a liberal college campus. right? And if we believe this lie, we're going to effectively not share our faith, which is a direct disobedience to the gospel and to, and to the word of God. right? So many of you are going to be told not to say anything about God your beliefs or the Bible. And especially, Ricky, even as an RA, a lot of you RAs are specifically told these things. You can't talk about Jesus. We had a, uh, an RA from Kenya here at the school told, if you talk about Jesus anymore, we will fire you from being an RA. And he said, Jesus has given me everything I have. How could I not talk about Jesus? And he kept talking about Jesus, and they didn't fire him. We had another RA that did get fired. They found some technicality uh, that allowed them to fire him because he was sharing his faith as an RA. In fact, he became a Christian because his RA the year before that shared his faith with him. So it's a pretty cool deal. And now the guy that lost his job as an RA, uh, he is now a missionary in a Muslim country. Praise God, right? He became a Christian right here at Fort Lewis, and, uh, and he didn't stop sharing his faith, and I'm really glad he didn't, right? But that guy used to always say, he always used to say, tolerance is accepting people that believe the same as you, but look different. Isn't that kind of true? Right? So there's an appearance of diversity, but not of thought, right? If you believe differently, you are not accepted for what you believe, right? You guys have heard the phrase that we started with, never talk about religion and politics. Once again, remember last week, autophagic statements, right? What is that? Isn't that talking about religion and politics? <laughs> okay. So next time somebody tells you that, you can say, wait a minute. You're breaking your own rule, so don't tell me that. Uh, anyway, this tolerance is misconstrued. Tolerance, again, has been wrongly defined in the world. And as Christians, we need to be tolerant in the sense that we can disagree with other people's ideas because some ideas are really bad, right? We can disagree with ideas and love in spite of our difference. That's true tolerance. Being able to say we're not on the same page and we disagree about that issue, right? You think abortion is okay? I think it's murder. That's a diametrically opposed difference, right? You could not possibly say, oh, it's just the same. Let's pretend like, like we believe the same. The best thing is to be able to say, we differ dramatically on this, but I'm going to love you regardless of that difference, right? And I'm not going to badger you with my point of view. I'll be open about it, but I'm also going to respect you, and I'm not going to badger you about it. Does that make sense? That's real biblical tolerance, and we'll get to that in a minute, right? So tolerance isn't not speaking or differing, but rather being able to disagree and love and accept in spite of that. So truth is by nature exclusive, right? If, if something is true, then by default something else is false. And, and correspondingly, if you don't believe the truth, 
by default you believe something that's false. And when you're told that, how, how nice is it to hear, oh, you're believing something that's not true. Nobody likes that. We'll all get offended when we're told something that we're believing that's not true. So if we're going to speak the truth, it is inevitable that some people will be offended. It's not possible. In fact, a lot of times the truth hurts, right? Or the truth is hard to swallow. We even say that. If somebody said to you, Dakota, you have a brain tumor. Let's say you really did. That would not be easy to accept. You would not like it. You'd be offended. But if it were true, you'd better know so that you could start doing something about it, right? Okay, we're gonna, I'm going to share a few quotes, and then we're going to bring you guys up and start, and start going from here. Steve Turner, an English journalist, uh, satirically described it this way. We believe in Marx, Freud, and Darwin. We believe everything is okay as long as you don't hurt anyone, to the best of your definition of hurt, to the best of your definition of knowledge. We believe in sex before, during, and after marriage. We believe in the therapy of sin. We believe that adultery is fun. We believe that sodomy is okay. We believe that taboos are taboo. Does it sound like Fort Lewis College here? Kind of, right? <laughs> okay. We believe that everything is getting better despite evidence to the contrary. Jesus was a good moral teacher, although we think his good morals were really bad. We believe that all religions are basically the same. They all believe in love and goodness. They only differ on matters of creation, sin, heaven, hell, God, and salvation. We believe that after death comes nothing, because when you ask the dead what happens, they say nothing. If death isn't the end and the dead have lied, then it is compulsory heaven for all, except maybe Hitler, Stalin, and Genghis Khan. We believe that man is essentially good. It's only his behavior that lets him down. Okay. This is the fault of society. Society is the fault of conditions, and conditions are the fault of society. We believe that each man must find the truth that's right for him, and that reality will adapt accordingly. The universe will readjust. History will alter. We believe that there is no absolute truth, except the truth that there is no absolute truth. <laughs> Pretty funny statement, right? But it sounds like something you'd pay a professor to tell you in class. And then he concludes. That was satirical. This conclusion is not. He concludes with what the result of that type of thinking is. He says, If chance be the father of all flesh, disaster is his rainbow in the sky. And when you hear state of emergency, sniper kills ten, troops on rampage, youths go looting, bomb blasts school, it is but the sound of man worshiping his maker. Powerful, right? When we start to believe the truth is whatever I come up with in my mind, there are no standards. There's a lot to pay. G.K. Chesterton, writing at the turn of, of the century, right, the end of the 1800s, beginning of the 1900s, uh, described the problem of political correctness even then, describing this problem for Christians, saying, you are free in our time to say that God doesn't exist. You are free, you are free to say that he exists and is evil. You are free to say, like poor old Renault, that God would like to exist if he could. You may talk of God as a mystification or a metaphor. You may boil him down with gallons of words or boil him down to the rags of metaphysics. And it is not merely that nobody punishes, but that nobody protests. And I get this. But if you speak of God as a thing like a tiger, as a reason for changing one's conduct, then the modern world will stop you if it can. We are long past talking about whether an unbeliever should be punished for being irreverent. It is now thought irreverent to be a believer. Isn't that true? Right. So that's where we are with political correctness. So we're going to bring up, is it you guys? I think you guys are for the first group. So tell us what scripture has to say about this whole uh, political correctness issue.
the scriptures that seem against it is from the book of uh, Acts, and it says. get started off with Galatians 1.10. Um, essentially what Galatians 1.10 is saying, you guys are so quick to, Paul's talking to him, Galatians, and he's saying you guys are so quick to please others and please human beings, you should be serving the Lord. Like, serve the Lord. And so essentially, what we're trying to get at with that is the fact that if, one thing is if you do believe in political correctness, but if you're if we're Christian, we obviously it's obviously a contradictory statement as to how, as to how the world defines political correctness. And so, if we're going along with it, then are we doing that for God? I don't think so. We're actually doing it for others, basically. So now on the same note, Acts five twenty nine, uh, Peter and the apostles just got in trouble once again for sharing the gospel and replying to the to the. Uh, Pharisees or whatever, Peter says, we must obey God rather than men. So, specifically talking about the truth and uh, the word, we should be pleasing God instead of pleasing the people if they're telling us these lies or whatnot. And then the next verse, Colossians 4, 4 through 6, um, it first of all says, uh, Paul prays, he says, pray that I may proclaim it clearly. So first of all, I should share the good news. And then he says, I should be wise and make the most of every opportunity. And uh, I should do it full of grace, seasoned with salt. And that way I'll be able to have an answer for everyone. This next one on 2 Timothy 4.2 kind of goes along with that. And it says, um, here we go, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct and rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. So, essentially, what he's saying is, regardless of the circumstances, preach the gospel. Preach the word of Christ. It doesn't matter where you are. Do it. If it's, if it's a convenient situation or inconvenient, preach the word no matter what the circumstances, but he's saying, it, this is where it goes along with what you read, that there's some important factors to it, you know? With, um, dang it. there we go. With with grace, you know, with patience, <clears throat> careful, you know, you're kind, yeah, with kindness, etc. So, with love, I mean, there's some important factors that need to be going behind it in order to allow it to be delivered appropriately, I guess. So those are all scriptures against being politically correct. And uh, if you were going to argue to be politically correct, uh, Ephesians 4.15 says to speak the truth in love. And pretty much, it's not saying that you should be politically correct. It's saying if you're going to speak the truth, you're acknowledging that there's a difference, you should do so in love. You should still keep to your truth, but you should acknowledge the differences in love should have that attitude as you go about talking about those differences. Essentially, that's what that's what is correct, politically yeah. speaking. Because otherwise, like you said, Nate, we spiral into this this form of chaos. 
And I think something that's for it at the same time is going back to what you said, even though there's, there's, there's nothing we can find in Scripture. I mean, the argument defeats itself. And so, if you're preaching to them and they feel judged, I mean, and, no, and they start judging you, um, technically, they're being politically correct and they're losing their own game. So, yeah. Thank you. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So basically, like you have been set free by Christ, and um, so like we're no longer enslaved to have like to the world, and um, we no longer have to worry about you know like that like being enslaved by our sin or things like that. Christ has given us that freedom to be able to speak out about it, um, and so. Uh, Jackie will read Romans 12 too, which kind of goes along with that. Okay. Um, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And we thought that one was just saying to don't conform yourself to the world. Don't worry about what the world says. Speak. The truth. Um, and then the next one. Uh, so the next one we had was First Timothy four twelve. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Um, so that's just like being an example in your speech. Um, you want to speak the truth, and you want to be that example for those people. Um, so that kind of goes along with Jackie's going to talk about the Great Commission. Uh, being that example in speech, what are we supposed to talk about? Mm. Okay, um, Matthew 28:18 uh, is right here. Um, and Jesus came and said to them, "All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me." baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and remember I am with you always to the end of age. Um, and that one was just... That one's kind of self-explanatory, but we're told to like speak out about Jesus, so that's, that pretty much says it right there. We are told to do that. Um, and so that's kind of like we call it the Great Commission, but you know, speaking out, telling people about Christ's love and stuff. Um, and with that, like, where do you, where does that strength come from? We use Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, he's like given us that strength to go out, and there are going to be people who like put us down and who are saying, you know, 
you can't speak publicly about this, but we can do it all because we have the strength of Christ, and he's like the ultimate strength over all of us. Like, we, he has more strength than any of us will ever have. Um, and so... And then also, too, like, when Nate was talking about is how when we talk to people, you know, look, like, they're going to get offended. Like, people are just going to get offended when you talk to them. And that's just like if you're on the tree, we talked about boundaries, you know, just about how we can't be so worried about other people and what they're going to think or what they're, they're going to be offended that we, like, oh, they're not going to be offended. Or they're going to be offended, so I shouldn't go, you know. That's just bad boundaries for us, you know. We shouldn't be worried about other people's feelings, but, like, be more in tone or worried about kind of about ours, you know, and what, we're, what we want to do for God. And you just got to set those boundaries, and they're going to get offended, you know, like some of them are. But God, like, tells us to go, you know. So just do that and, like, really set those boundaries up for what God wants you to do. And then uh, another one that goes along with that is John 16:33. I have said this to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you face persecution, but take courage, I have conquered the world. So it's just like, don't have fear. You know, you talk about doing everything through Christ because he's the strength. So you don't have to have fear. You can go out and do that um, and know that, you know, Christ is with you all the time. Um, we use one that you guys use as well. We use 2 Timothy 4.2. 4, Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Um, this is like kind of how we should do it. You could have talked a little bit about boundaries. You know, we, we also talked about, like, you know, you have to do it with that patience. You can't go out and just yell in someone's face. It takes time for people to um, hear you saying that. Or, you know, somebody may not accept it right away, but you have to have that patience and that endurance to keep going um, and, do, and speak the truth with love. Uh, so for our principles that are four, we use Colossians 3, 8. And it says, but now you must get rid of all such things. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abuse. Language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices. Um, and so that's just speaking the truth and um, kind of how to go about doing this. You know, you don't you don't want to go to someone and curse in their face because what kind of example are you being for them um, in your speech yourself? Uh, and that's also another way that they're going to take greater offense to you. People are going to be more willing and open to you whenever you have those things out of your life. You know, you're not going to curse at them. You don't slander, uh, things like that. Your speech is clean, basically. signs of deception. Um, for the first one, emphasis on signs and wonders. This doesn't apply to this topic. Um, and then on the second one, the division among believers. This applies because if you say you can't talk about religion, some people are obviously going to be like, yes you can, and it divides a lot of believers. Yeah. And then there's flattery, nice sounding arguments that are actually empty but deceive and naive. 
And we thought this is a this is a deception because you just say, oh well, I don't actually have to. If this if, if the truth defends someone, they I don't actually have to do this. And you can uh, stay in your comfort zone and not actually do what God wants you to do. And then the fourth one: destruction from pure and uh, from simple and pure devotion to Christ. Yeah, I thought this is a we thought this was a big distraction because if you're focusing on the rules, all the abstract rules on uh, the political correctness, then you're you're being distracted with what Christ has sent us to do and the message that Christ gives us, which is love and grace. Um, foolishness. We said yes because you're obviously being foolish if you say this. Um, Six, physical roughness. Um, it's not really exactly involved. It doesn't say go beat up someone. So, that one's in there. And legalism and, legalism and manipulation, we thought this is a yes because uh, political correctness involves a lot of rules of what you can and cannot do and what you can and cannot say. So we thought this is a Yes, not so much from the manipulation standpoint, just mainly from the legalistic standpoint. And then special evolution from God, an uncommon form of Christianity. We didn't think so because this isn't about a new form of truth or this, a special type of truth. This is more about you can't talk about the truth. Speculation in discussion. Yeah. Uh, we said yes on that one because obviously if you have it's spec speculating <clears throat> and then um, destruction from doing God's work by faith. We said yes to that one also because God's work is to go spread the word and if you say you can't talk about it then you're not going to and then you're getting distracted by thinking about it. And then um, Confidence without understanding, they consider themselves teachers of God's word, yet have a poor understanding of it. And you can think this is about understanding or not understanding, it's more about um, what you're allowed to say, and what, if you understand what you're saying. And then, does it continue going further and further from the truth and getting crazier and crazier? We thought this was yes because the rules can start out being kind of basic, like you can't you can't talk about this, or you can't talk about sex, and then it gets to be the point where you talk about stuff like you can't talk about which kind of earrings you can and can't wear, or that kind of stuff. It just gets more and more absurd as you go along. Um, stage doctrines, myths, and stories which differ from sound doctrine. Um, so this doesn't apply because there is no stories that are involved in it. Um, hidden agenda or secrecy about truth, true beliefs and teaching, we kind of went like half and half, so we would maybe on this one, because like if you thought about it in like the Mormon faith, they're not always upfront about what they're doing, so we were like, well then they were, they have like a hidden agenda, but this doesn't talk about that hidden agenda, but there's that secrecy about true beliefs if you're not going to go spread it. Okay, so... 
sensuality and an appeal to people's fleshly desires and emotions. We didn't really think this applied as far as like sensuality goes and your um, like physical desires, but maybe your fleshly desires, as in like selfishness. Like you like, it's a way to say, oh, I don't actually have to do this. It's like an appeal to what your selfish nature. And then, Jesus Christianity gets a bad rap. Uh, yeah, we thought this was this is a deception because we wouldn't be able to if, if we had to if we have to adhere to political correctness, then we can't defend ourselves from with the offensive truth. People can attack us when we can't defend ourselves. Greed and materialism. Um, we went with yes on that one because obviously you're being greedy. But then we said no once I, I said yes, but then we said no later because you're not being greedy if you say you can't talk about it. And taking advantage of people, we said no on that one also. Yes, no. So, pride, we thought this was definitely could be a pride issue because if you think your way of speaking, if your idea is always going to be better than somebody else's, just because you don't want to hear it, that could be a, a pride issue. It was, we weren't completely sure about pride. And then um, promise of freedom or something more. We thought this would, could be freedom, free because you're free from hearing other people's opinions if you don't want to hear other people's opinions you know, and you want to avoid the truth. So it is kind of freeing if you don't want to talk about it, you don't want to share the gospel, or for the people who don't actually want to hear your opinion on the gospel. Um, and finally, non-Christian actions or acting like we did before Christ. We said yes to that one because obviously you're not having Christian action if you don't always spread the word. Jesus 
said in the Bible, like, the truth will set you free. And truth, though, can hurt, is silenced with political correctness. And so then we just remain in bondage. And it's also been said that opinions can lead to consequences, but bad opinions can also lead to bad consequences. Six million people dying, and you, you, know, you could say the same about Stalin, Mao, and a lot of different people. It came up with some bad ideas, and a lot of people paid for it. So here's how we want to close. I want to say, how many of you guys have heard of hate-free zones? It's like the whole campus, right? Uh, as Christians, everything should be a hate-free zone, right? And everything should be a what? Not just a hate-free zone, but we should have a love-full zone. It's Valentine's Day, so we should be loving, not because of Valentine's Day, of course, but because uh, God Himself lives in us, and He is love. So we should really be loving to everybody around us, whether we differ from them or not. On the flip side of the coin, if because of your beliefs you are criticized, right, then you can call the person criticizing you out, especially if there's someone in authority. This is something you need to know. If a professor is trying to put you down or discriminate against you because of your Christian beliefs or opinions or positions, you can call a code red on that guy <laughs> or on that woman. Or you could call them out and say, that's not right. You can't criticize me for my, for my faith. We've had Christian, I mean, we've had professors literally tell Christian students, you can't pass my class and still be a Christian, okay? If you hear things like that, you can call them out because they cannot legally tell you those types of things, right? But it, get, it happens in this, um, this free speech area, right? That's hateful speech, in fact. That's criticizing you for something that's very important to you. Uh, your free speech is your First Amendment right, right? So not only is it a freedom that God has given you, that he tells you in Galatians 5.1, which you guys read, not to be enslaved again, but to keep that freedom. Not only is it a freedom from God, but you guys, it's also a freedom guaranteed to you in the First Amendment to the Constitution, right? It's one of your rights as an American citizen. So you guys, be quick to talk about Scripture and about what God tells you to talk about. Be quick to talk about your values as a believer. Some people might say, oh, that's political. Christians shouldn't be political. Who else would you say shouldn't be political? All right? Somebody told me that. They said, Christians shouldn't be political. And I said, do you think gay people shouldn't be political? And they said, no. I said, why, why just Christians? Why, why are Christians the one group that shouldn't be political? Don't make politics bigger than God. Don't make politics bigger than loving people. But you guys, stand up for your values, right? Be willing to talk about what what you value, right, and, and to put a high emphasis on it. Uh, Gregory Kogel said in the book of Tactics, which I think you should all read, Jesus' teaching made some people furious. Just make sure it's your ideas that offend and not you, that your beliefs cause the dispute and not your behavior. Isn't that good? Right? Jesus' teaching made some people furious. Just make sure it's your ideas that offend and not you, that your beliefs cause the dispute and not your behavior. Right? 2 Corinthians 2.16 says to some people, we're going to be the smell of death. That's not good. Right? But to others, the fragrance of life. There are, going to be people, there are going to be people on this campus that you share your faith with that are going to see that as the fragrance of life, and they're going to come to know Christ, and you'll be with them for all eternity. And there are going to be other people that might not like it. Love all of them, no matter what. Love all of them, but also speak the truth in love. 
Okay, let's pray and call it good. Who would like to pray? How about Heather? Would you pray for us and close it out? Sure. Sweet. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you that we can all come together today and just talk about political correctness and just know the truth about it, Father. And I pray that um, if we get in any situations, that we'll just be able to stand up for what we believe, Lord, and just love on others, Father. And I just pray for a wonderful day. Everyone has an awesome Valentine's Day. Amen. Happy Valentine's Day.